0: Okay, here we go. Having some tangible insight into your own level of fitness can do things like help you avoid injury from the good old too-much-too-soon situation, but you can also use fitness tests repeated at regular intervals to get a better idea of how effective your training program is and measure whether or not it needs a fitness upgrade. I'm Coach Brock Armstrong, and it's time to get your second wind. But first... As you've probably noticed, this podcast is no longer in production, but there are so many people who are still listening to each episode and reaching out to me for advice and help and support that I've decided to keep the dream and this podcast alive, which means I'm paying a few maintenance fees out of my pocket. And I don't mean to make this sound like a woe is me kind of affair because it is indeed a pleasure to have created something that is being appreciated. But If you felt so inclined, you could go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee to, yes, as it sounds, buy me a virtual coffee. And since coffee is easily my biggest vice, I'm what you would call a coffee snob. If you buy me a coffee, I can pay my hosting fees with all the coffee money that I save. So win-win situation here. So go to brockarmstrong.com/slash coffee and help keep this podcast and my fancy coffee habit alive. That's slash coffee. Okay, right off the bat, I'm just gonna come out and say this because It's important. The point of this episode is not to start some sort of measuring contest between me and you, or you and your friends, or even you and your friends on social media. The point of measuring your fitness is more complex than that. First, having an initial test result when you start a new exercise program or movement regimen can give you a baseline so future testing can be compared to this and any changes you make can be quantified. Now, second, establishing this baseline can be especially important if you are embarking on a new training program and have, well, no idea where to start. I mean, do you do three sets of 15 reps with 40 kilograms or half of that or double that? It's hard to know. Now, having this insight into your own fitness level can help you avoid injury from, again, that too much too soon situation. For added fun with data, and who doesn't love that? Like I said, you can repeat these tests at regular intervals to see how effective your training program really is. Now, the period between these tests may range from four weeks or six months to maybe an entire year. Just keep in mind that it usually takes a minimum of four to six weeks to see a measurable change in any aspect of your fitness. So you don't want to do these things too often or you may be taxing your body unnecessarily because these tests, let's face it, are pretty hard and you may get bummed out because you don't seem to have any progress happening. But One of the best parts of regular testing like this is the incentive and the motivation to improve as you strive for a better and better test score. Knowing that you will test yourself again can be a huge motivating factor, especially on those days when you would really just rather float around on your back rather than swim hard intervals. And yes, I am speaking from a personal experience that I had earlier today down at the beach. When I sat down and organized my thoughts for this episode, it was very close to my 50th birthday, and that day I plan to do the fitness test that I'm going to outline later in this episode, hang on for that, to find my new baseline as I enter what I'm calling the second half of my first century on this planet. And again, no. No. I will not share my results. They are for me, so don't even ask. (laughs) Well, okay, I may share them if you ask nicely, but again, I won't share them because I think you should chase after them or you should compare yourself against them. We are all on our own fitness journeys, and as my friend author Debbie Potts says in her book of the same title, life is a journey, not a race. Now, okay, before we get into the actual testing itself, I want to get into what exactly makes up fitness and what aspects of our physicality actually contribute to and add up to being physically fit. Now, as my friend, former boss and unwitting mentor, (laughs) retired Navy SEAL commander Mark Devine wrote... Someone who has been dedicated to the training program for many months or years has been systematically, on a daily or weekly basis, tasked with improving each of the 10 domains of physical and mental fitness. So, based on that, let's go through what those 10 domains or components of fitness actually are. Now, we'll start with endurance. Endurance, at its biological level, is the overall ability of your body's systems to efficiently deliver oxygen to your working muscles. Now, we breathe to get air into our lungs to deliver oxygen into our blood. And when we improve our performance in anything like distance running or distance swimming or cycling or paddling... A goal of your training should be to improve the efficiency of all the systems involved in cardiovascular endurance. Now the next thing is stamina, and stamina and endurance do go hand in hand, but they are not the same thing. As I said, endurance is all about oxygen, while stamina is all about energy. Stamina refers to how long your muscles can perform at their maximal or near maximal output before they poop out. Now, coincidentally, building this physical stamina is actually a step in cultivating more mental toughness or grit as well, which is something that I will get into in future episodes for sure. Now, the next aspect is strength. And strength is the ability of muscles to apply force or overcome resistance. Now, in my sort of more holistic or functional definition of fitness, strength is important when it comes to things like being able to carry heavy loads or manipulate your surrounding and lift your body weight over obstacles to have fun or even stay safe. Strength also gives us greater confidence and often directly affects the way that we carry ourselves through life. In other words, it's more than just the number on the weight plates on your bench press. Now the next aspect is speed. And speed is the ability to minimize the time cycle of a repeated movement. Now, Sprinting is the obvious example of speed that most of us can think of right off the bat, but it can also be small things like hand-eye coordination, that cat-like reflex that people talk about. Now, training your speed also builds things like durability, and it can also be a heck of a lot of fun. Now, the next aspect is power and power. This one is kind of tricky for most people to grasp. It is defined in physics by the equation power equals force times velocity, which simply means how much weight you can move and how far you can move it. Power is developed by moving a load at increasing speeds. For example, moving an object from the ground to above your head is a full-body effort that requires significant power output. And as silly as it sounds when we break it down like this, power is essential and your power will be affected by your strength, your mobility, your speed, your agility, your coordination, a bunch of other stuff I'm going to cover in a second. So yeah, power is important. Now, the next one is flexibility. And flexibility is the range of motion of your muscles and the mobility of your joints. Things like being able to touch the ground, get into a deep squat, or reach your hands straight up over your head are all examples of actually useful and important flexibilities. Now, Flexibility these days has been co-opted by things like yoga practices, but at its baseline, it really just allows us to jump, run, climb, lift, heave, pull, and throw without busting a gut or without using some poor biomechanics. The next aspect is coordination, and coordination is how well you take several movements and put them together into one distinct movement, and having greater coordination can lead to moving through this world with greater ease and grace, and will also make you less prone to injury, and of course, less prone to ridicule. Now the next thing is agility, which is akin to coordination, and it is the ability to transition quickly and seamlessly from one movement to another. Now this can be as simple as how quickly you can change direction while you're running, or it can be as complex as a movement like the burpee box jump. Now, the next one is balance, and balance is the ability to control the placement of your body's center of gravity in relation to its base. Now, balance is often taken for granted, but it is a crucial part of everyday life. Falls are a leading cause of injuries for all ages, according to the CDC, and balance can be trained, and if it isn't practiced, it can definitely be lost as we age. The next one is accuracy. Now, accuracy is the ability to control movement in a given direction at a given intensity. Now, accuracy is easy to think of in terms of sports, like throwing a ball or shooting a puck, but it is also important for things like your footfall when you're hiking. Being accurate with our movements is not just for scoring goals, it's also for staying safe and being efficient in our movement so there you have it the 10 domains of being physically fit and you know clearly there is some large crossover between many of these components so when we train one we are actually training a bunch of them In the same way, when we test one, we're also testing a host of them. So we don't need to focus in on all 10 when we test ourselves, but they're important to keep in mind, both for testing and for improving our test results over time. So they're important to keep in mind when you're building your program. Now, if your current training program isn't effectively incorporating all of these components, then you are missing an opportunity to enhance your performance. And if that isn't motivation enough, it could also be leaving you at risk for injury. Now I'm going to get into some fitness tests that you can try at home and my specific fitness tests that I've come up with. But first, it's time to pay our membership dues. Do you like to shop on Amazon.com and enjoy supporting this podcast? You do? Well, have I got a deal for you. If you start your Amazon shopping adventure by going to brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon, I will get a small percentage of the money that you spend. And the best part is that you don't pay anything extra. This all comes out of their pockets. Take that, Bezos. So next time you buy anything on Amazon, go to brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon and shop while also supporting this podcast. I truly thank you for being a listener and for your support. That's brockarmstrong.com/slash Amazon. Before I share my own version of a fitness test, let's look at, well, the CrossFit Baseline Wad, which is likely the most popular fitness test that there has been in the last few years. In fact, it was much more popular than the participation or the Canadian fitness award program that I did when I was in grade school. And if you weren't a Canadian kid in the 70s or 80s, not to reminisce too much, but <laughs> the fitness test that I did as a kid uh, consisted of six short duration events and everybody between ages seven and 18 had to do this. And the, the six short duration events were the 50 yard run, which I guess was Testing our power, the 300 yard run, which would get into stamina, the flexed arm hang, which would be strength and stamina, the shuttle run, which tests your agility and coordination, then there were speed sit ups, which tested strength and stamina, and then the standing long jump, which tested our power and our accuracy. So it wasn't really that far off base. And apparently it was based on the fitness performance tests that were really developed by some uh, high power and smart people. From a fitness study that was conducted all the way back in 1965, but we were all pretty darn convinced back then that it was just some diabolical joke that was played by our physical education teachers across the country to just humiliate us in front of our friends. Not cool. Now, let's get back to the example of CrossFit. When I first decided that I was going to try CrossFit a few years ago, I was actually asked by the instructor to set a baseline. Now, this is often used to judge your progress and to assign you to a similar group while you do your CrossFit workouts, and perhaps even to help you choose a modified version of the workout of the day, or the WOD. Now many, if not most, CrossFitters have their baseline numbers memorized and are happy to just blurt them out and talk about how far they've come since they were a noob, which may seem like I'm actually mocking them, and I kind of am because it's so easy to do, but I actually think this is an excellent idea. We could all do with a little more quantification in our workout strategies so we aren't just going through the motions and hoping for the best. It's not a good strategy. So how do you set a CrossFit baseline? Well, for time, and that means you do these in a row and you time it and you try to beat your time. So for time, you do a 500-meter row on a rowing machine. You do 40 bodyweight squats at full depth, which means you get below your knee level. 30 sit-ups, starting with your shoulders touching the ground and ending sitting up straight. 20 push-ups, chest-to-floor to fully extended arms. And 10 pull-ups, making sure that your chin goes above the bar and you go to full arm extension at the bottom. Now, if you want to give that a try, this is how it's scored. An elite score would be 3 minutes and 45 seconds. A pro score would be 4 minutes and 30 seconds. An expert score would be 5 minutes and 15 seconds. A collegiate and intermediate kind of fall between those 6 and 7 minutes. Then a novice might take 8 or 9 minutes. A beginner would take 9 or 10 and a half minutes, and if you take longer than that, well, you um, have hit the cutoff, so you got to try again. Now, as much as I really like the CrossFit baseline, it's pretty good. I personally don't want to use it. In my estimation, it doesn't hit enough of those 10 components of fitness that we just went through. So here's mine, and please don't at me. I know mine isn't perfect either, and I'm sure I will tweak it as the years go by, but for my 50th birthday test, this is what I'm doing. Now, this works best if you can bring someone with you to run the stopwatch. They will time each station of the test and your overall time, including how long it takes you between stations. This means you'll want to do all of these stations with minimal breaks between them to keep your overall time nice and low. And I actually found a soccer field near my house with a playground right next to it that'll allow me to do all of these movements without the need for any sort of massive relocations between them. So here are the stations. The first one is to do 30 push-ups. Now, be sure your body is in a straight line plank position at all times and lower your chest all the way to the ground and then push all the way up to straight arms for each rep. Now, the second station is to do 20 squat jumps. Now, for this one, you take off and you land on both feet together. Now, strive for both height and length, which means you're gonna jump high and you're gonna jump far on each one and make sure you land balance on the balls of your feet to prevent jarring your back. And it's okay to swing your arms on takeoff to create momentum. And for extra data, you can actually measure the distance you cover as well and add that to your test results. Now the next one is 50 meters of walking lunges. Now you'll have to measure this out ahead of time so you know how far 50 meters is. Then take deliberate, exaggerated steps where your rear knee lowers almost to the ground on each step. Your front knee must bend to form at least a 90 degree angle between your upper and lower leg. Now pump your arms on each step in an exaggerated manner to help you maintain your balance. Now the next station is 40 mountain climbers. For this one, assume a plank or a push-up position. Now keeping your arms locked, drive your right knee forward to touch your right elbow, then return that leg quickly back to the plank position. Then repeat that with your left knee to your left elbow, and then put that one back down. Now one climb is when you have done both the right and the left side. And if you want to take this to the next level, you advanced users can dip down into a push-up while you're driving the leg forward if you really want to. I'm not going to. Now the next station is 30 bench dips. Now for this one you stand in front of a bench facing away from the bench and reach behind you with straight arms and grasp the edge of the bench then you dip down bending your elbows to 90 degrees and dropping your butt in front of and below the bench then return to the extended arm position. Now, relax your feet and your legs and let them just go along for the ride, making sure that your arms are doing all of the work and applying all of the force. Now, the next station is 50 meters of sprint out and bear crawl back. Now, don't worry, I'll explain that. So for this one, you sprint in one direction, then you turn around and you bear crawl back to your starting point. Now, you want to make sure that you're keeping your back straight and that your butt is only slightly raised with only your hands and your toes touching the ground. Now, we're almost done. We're getting there. The next one is 15 pull-ups. Now, you can use your choice of overhand, which is a pull-up, or underhand, which is actually a chin-up, or you can use a neutral grip if you like. I'm planning to do the overhand grip because it's been the biggest challenge for me. Now make sure you come to full extension at the bottom of every rep, and then make sure your chin goes over the bar at the top. And try not to swing your body too much, no kipping allowed. Now the next one is 50 chair squats. Now again, standing in front of that bench, facing away from the bench, sit down until your butt barely touches the bench, then immediately stand back up. Repeat the movement and accumulate your total as fast as you possibly can. And yes, you're allowed to pump your arms on each rep for some extra momentum. Now, the next one is, well, the thing I'm not looking forward to at all, which is 25 burpees. Now, begin at the bottom of the burpee with your chest touching the ground and your body and your legs straight and parallel to the ground. At the top of the burpee... To finish the burpee, your feet must leave the ground with your hands reaching in the air like you just don't care. Of course. And finally, the finisher is a 100 meter full sprint. Now, for this, you are going to just run hard. I know you're tired, but this is the last one, so empty the tank. Now, when you finish that, Write down the time it took you for each station and your overall time, and this is now the number to beat. You know, I feel good about this one. I really have nothing more to add to this at this time anyway. I'm sure that I will tweak things as I progress and as I get older. But in terms of measuring what I would consider to be fit, which is the ability to move through this world with ease and confidence, this test pretty much has it covered. Plus, it's something you can do on your own if you've got a stopwatch, and you can do it for free, and you can do it whenever you like, and it totally counts as your workout for the day. And please note, before you do this test, or any other one like it, make sure you take a good rest and recovery day the day before, or maybe two days before. If you go into this fatigued, you'll actually hurt the reliability of your score. You'll actually be measuring your fatigue level rather than your fitness. Also, try to do subsequent tests under the same-ish conditions or as close as you possibly can. This means you should make notes on the weather outside, your diet, your hydration level leading up to the test, more importantly, how well you slept the night before, so it's easy to recreate and be consistent. Otherwise, you will not get a valid or a reliable result. Now, finally, The number of reps that I have chosen may not be right for you. They may be too many or too few. So make sure you choose a number that is challenging for you, but still attainable. This test will not be helpful or accurate if you choose a number that's too high or too low. You'll want this to feel like a 10 out of 10 on the exertion scale, not a 12 out of 10 or a 6. You know what I mean? Okay, now do me a favor move more of your body more often in more and more interesting ways. I'm Brock Armstrong. This is Second Wind Fitness.